Poso maoni work, wai wainan kitana ni mua e yoski piataya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis piataya posnapi notaman and e hisikimaka e yoso matnamineho kihi. Welcome to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast with your hosts, Gary Dodge and Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we'll be interviewing emergency management about winter weather safety. We also have Francisco Alegria from Agriculture and Food Systems here with us to talk about healthy holiday foods. Ben Warrington from Emergency Management is here with us to talk about winter weather safety and how to stay warm during extreme cold weather. Well, the first thing we can do is uh, slow down, uh, be prepared for... Uh, changing conditions on the roadways uh you never know what's what's around the next corner uh, could be some uh some black ice that that you really can't see um might be another vehicle that that could be stopped on side the road so slow down um, know what uh what's coming in front of you with accumulating snow what are some safety tips while out shoveling or plowing snow well when we're when we're shoveling we definitely need to uh recognize what uh, what our limitations are uh, not staying out uh, too long in the cold um, there's uh there's always a chance for for injury uh, especially when we get heavy snow with trying to lift and and stuff like that so basically know your limitations don't stay out too long in in the real cold uh, so you get uh, any type of cold injuries or or stuff like that so uh, along with the accumulating snow, our youth will be playing outside during this winter. Um, how can parents and other family members keep our youth safe? Well, make sure they're bundled up. Um, jackets, hats, gloves, mittens. Uh, you know, kids are always uh, good for losing their hats, losing their gloves, losing mittens. So, uh, But make sure that they've, they've got those things and just know where they're at. Um, you know, we never know what what's around out there. Uh, there's all kinds of different people, so we need to make sure we know where our kids are at at all times. What are your thoughts on snow forts? Well, when I was a kid, they were fun, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, they they come with their own type of dangers, um, both collapsing as well as if, if they're made next to the roadway. You never know when uh, maybe the highway department is coming around and, and knocking down banks and stuff like that. So, you know, again, watch where our kids are at um, and and all within having fun. We still need to be safe out there. Okay, so other activities that our community might be involved in, such as ice fishing, what are some safety tips for ice fishing? We need to make sure we know what the... Uh, thickness of the ice is uh, the tribal environmental services always puts out information in regards to each lake on the reservation and what the thicknesses are so make sure we watch those um, those thicknesses uh, log on to the environmental services site or give uh, environmental services or conservation department a call uh, they'll be able to tell you what those uh, what those thicknesses are and if if it's safe to drive a ATV or a vehicle at on those uh, lakes. 
<clears throat> with the use of recreational vehicles in our area, what are some safety tips or guidelines? Well, slow down. Um, that That's the number one thing we see uh, ATVs, UTVs, and snowmobiles in, in the wintertime that they really go a high rate of speed. Um, uh, make sure we're wearing helmets and, and other type of safety equipment. And again, the lakes, make sure that the lakes are frozen um, before we take those vehicles out on the lakes. How can our community members prepare their homes for winter or uh, freezing temperatures? Well, there's a number of things that we can do. Um, sometimes you get the, the older homes, they're not insulated very well. Uh, we can put uh, plastic on the windows, um, uh, heat systems, whether that be a, a gas system, LP system, or wood, need to make sure those things are maintained and, and that they're ready for the winter. Um, as well as any type of um, uh, water systems that are outside, maybe for um, garden hoses or stuff, need to make sure those things are, are put away and, and shut off so they don't freeze and then end up breaking a water line during the winter. So along with that, what are some precautions people should take while outside during freezing temperatures? Again, making sure you're dressed for the weather. Um, gloves, hats, jackets, um, and not staying out too long in the cold. Um, hypothermia can set in and, and basically a person can stay out a long time and really not know that they're, they're getting hypothermic. So, you know, just be, be cautious out there and, and take your time going and warm up at times. Uh, during the cold snaps, is there any emergency plans in place for the community? Yes, we do. Um, in the event of, say, power outages during uh, cold weather, we have plans to uh, open shelters or, or warming centers, uh, one in each community. Um, and as that need comes, you know, we would be getting that message out there. Uh, between uh, Menominee County Emergency Management, Menominee Tribal Emergency Management, we have a uh, real good working relationship um, that we can provide services to uh, the membership. So where will the warming shelters be located, you mentioned? Uh, we have one in each community. So ZOR would be um, the ceremonial building. We can also use the community center in, in ZOR. South Branch, we have a community center there. Uh, Neopit, we have uh, the tribal school as well as the uh, the, uh, the middle school there in Neopit. Um, Kashina, we have a number of areas as well. We've got the uh, recreation center or um, some other tribal facilities that we can use. Uh, will there be any overnight warming shelters in the area? That's all dependent on the situation. So like I said in the, in the last question, we do have those facilities in each community if the need be to, to keep those open during uh, extended periods, we can, we can do that, so. Are there any further winter weather safety tips that you'd like to get out to the community? Well, kind of watch for um, the tribe's Facebook page, um, as well as other avenues that are out there for information. Uh, we're, we're planning on putting out some, some written documents in regards to safety, both um, you know, recreation and shoveling and, and stuff like that and winter sports so um, just kind of keep an eye out for for that information all right thank you all right thanks thank you all right with us here today we have francisco alegria he's from the department of agriculture and food systems with the tribe 
and he's going to be talking to us today about some healthier alternatives to the holiday recipes that we all know and love. The holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, Thanksgiving is our celebration of our harvest from, mm-hmm. you know, from my perspective anyway, you know, pre-contact before we celebrated, you know, Thanksgiving as what we call it today was celebrating our, our growing season. And then that's, was our feast. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, the pilgrims and we celebrated that pre, pre that, um, Thanksgiving is, you know, not that bad of, for health options, the turkey mm-hmm. and the, the cranberries and the fruits. And, but Christmas is, is the, is the one that gets us, I believe of cookies and all the sweets and and mm-hmm. and then you make your rounds to this you know if you have a big family you go from this to this and then you have your work christmas party and mm, christmas yep. cookies and <laughs> 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 yep so, we know about that and being a uh, mexican descent tamales are big for us during the holidays <laughs> well we have tamales all year but it you know christmas tamales it's it's a thing for us um so there's, we, we, moderation is key here, you know, less cookies, less sweets, but I was saying earlier, tamales, that's, that's a tough one to do is to, you know, to limit yourself to one, two tamales, you know, next, mm-hmm. you're 20 in, you're 50, <laughs> you're, you're 30 in. <laughs> so what would be an option? Lard, you know, you, you mix the lard, you mix, mix the, um, the, uh, the, the fats in, in, in the tamales, um, substitutions for unsaturated fats like maybe a coconut oil you know that would be a good option for tamales uh, with the the cookies and the, the frostings you can always substitute yogurt would work um when you're making cookies and, and sweets there's substitution for sweeteners there it's it's called a hydroscopic sweetener is you take okay let's say you have a sugar you need this much, you need half pound sugar, right? So you take that half pound and you substitute some of that for let's say applesauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is it's a hydroscopic sweetener. So not only do you take some of that sugar content out of your what you're preparing, mm-hmm. you also add moisture to it. So you get a nice soft, you know, so there's, there's two birds, one stone. With some of those substitutions, I said, the real thing is moderation. Mm-hmm. You just need to be like, hey, I need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, traditionally, what kind of suggestions do you have for like Thanksgiving or Christmas? Thanksgiving, what what we do in my family, um, we we're gardeners, so uh, we always save a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, pumpkin pumpkins are my they're my favorite. We save a pumpkin, and then what we do is this is our you know turkey so this is our main thing on our, on our table just like your turkey would be for mm-hmm. traditional families um our our pumpkin we stuff it with wild rice with venison with cranberries um walnuts and, and we we bake that off and that's our that's our main course mm-hmm. at, our, at our kitchen table at home mm-hmm. so that you know that's super healthy there's all different aspects of health in that one. The the video that we that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we next video I want to do one of those that pumpkin recipe I just described. Yeah, that'd be good. It's it's so easy to, to make though, but it's a 
Man, it's so good too. Venzin too. Venzin is a good time of year to have venzin recipes and pumpkin recipes and so that that's what we do at my house. And you know, being Menominee or even if you're not Menominee, wild rice is, has those health benefits to it. Um, so there's that. Thanksgiving is to me is pretty because I sat down. I, I had a notebook full of things. Mm-hmm. I brought this. Cookbook here, Indian cookbook. This is from uh, the Menominee Historical Museum. They got a couple of cookbooks there, you know, Indian cookbooks. Mm-hmm. What I like about this one is that these recipes are written the way you would describe them from no cooking experience. So a little dash of this, a little dash of that. I like that, though, because I don't. I think that reaches out to more people because they have a, that understanding, you know. And as a chef, you should be able to decipher those procedures should be able to decipher those and what they actually are. As a home cook, I, you speak to more people this way instead of trying to use those fancy mirepoix culinary words. They work in industry because it's universal, but for home, at home, you know, I reach to more people like, like this. So They got a couple Indian cookbooks there, everything from beavers, um, turtles, turtle soup. Wow. So a lot of our traditional squirrel soup. I don't... Squirrels also, they they prepare themselves for the cold season, eat a lot of nuts and things like that. So we we incorporate that, you know, in, in our digestion too. And we eat those squirrels and we need a lot of squirrels. We'll see turtle soup, squirrel. So they got a couple of these books, which are super neat. So what are your thoughts on maybe some foods that we consider traditional, like fry bread? Mm. Um, versus some of the healthier traditional foods? Traditional foods, you know, it's per tribe, so each tribe has their kind of staple dishes that they did probably based on region and Mm -hmm. um, accessibility. And, you know, we hear wild rice, um, sturgeon, deer meat. I believe we had buffalo. um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, fry bread, again, it's... It's a savory donut, you know. It's deep fried, and it, they're good. They they taste real good, but that's not that's not pre contact. We didn't have, you know. Uh, they're just not good for you. Just moderation is key. I'm I still eat Indian tacos myself, but mm-hmm. I just needed to let people know that don't know even you know native communities. Every event you go to, there's fry bread. Mm-hmm. Right. Every food sale, fry bread. Fry bread, right. And there's nothing wrong with that because they sell. They they sell, um, but if we push the information out, they educate people. Some people they know that they're not you know the healthiest thing, but just from word of mouth, from hearing somebody speak about it, you know, you get that kind of sense of like yeah, like they're right. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's not who we were. As traditional people, we didn't have that. Those those commodities were forced on us at one time or another. When we were put on our reservations, we're weren't allowed to go off the reservation, uh, you know, what we naturally do, we go hunt different camps, different areas. I mm-hmm. think around here, what do we have? Uh, maple sugar camp mm-hmm. around here in Sturgeon, I believe. Mm-hmm. And s- those Sturgeons still know where to go. F- all those years that, that they were s- in Shawano, mm-hmm. they're still trying to come to the reservation. Mm-hmm. When I do let a couple across for our uh, Sturgeon feast, they come to the same exact spot. It's embedded in them from their ancestors. So it's that's 
what we're meant to do, and we're put here naturally. They're put here naturally. That's just what we're meant to do. What do you guys do for the holidays? Um, typical turkey and cranberries and um, stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, since I started hunting, we've been adding vents in. So. Yeah? You start hunting? Yeah. Um, when you when you get a deer, do you take it in to get processed? Um, parts of it. Parts like, of it? Uh, we normally save the straps for ourselves and then and then the rest is all processed smart smart what i what i would like to do is is one of the videos break down a, a deer one of my best friends he's a he's a master butcher mm-hmm. um so i want to do a little video of him breaking down how, how to do it properly from that perspective you know mm-hmm. because a lot of people around here know how to do it mm-hmm. and they know how to do it well but then there's a lot of people who don't know how to do it um, even if you don't go out and hunt, it's still an interesting thing when you go out and you get deer meat or you, you're gifted deer meat, um, you'll know what the cut is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that all helps too of preparing a meal like, okay, I got the neck, you know, I'm going to make a roast or this is, you know, part of the straps and, you know, that's also super helpful of what cuts and how the best way to prepare those. Mm-hmm. For me, um I pretty much do the traditional Thanksgiving as well. But I think it was last year or the year before, I actually made a apple cranberry salad. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I brought that. And it's actually really good. I think it's got red onions in there as well. It's actually really good. Yeah. Apples and cranberries. I love cranberries. I thought that fit well for the fall kind of theme. It is, yep. And that, that's a good way to, to go about it, too, is whatever is in season. You just put them together. You know, mm-hmm. that's the way it's meant to be anyway. When you go out there and you gather stuff mm-hmm. and certain things you gather and they're ripe at the same time, it's it's fitting. When so I go to a grocery store and I grocery shop, I look for whatever's ripe. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a meal idea, I go there and fall time, apples. You know, mm-hmm. bushels of apples everywhere. So I'll grab some apples and I'll create my meal around that item you know you mm-hmm. build your around a kitchen sink you know you build your house around there so that's that's a cool idea I'm about to, we're gonna have to do a video on that <laughs> 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 well to counteract the healthiness of the salad i also have another tradition for christmas <laughs> oh boy <laughs> and it started like maybe three or four years ago i made this white cake with cranberry it's like sugared cranberries and it it's got so much butter and cream in it, you don't even want to know. <laughs> but my family liked it so much that it's white cake with cranberry inside, too, as well, I should say. Hmm. Um, but my family liked it so much, now I have to make it every year. And now, it's like, like, yeah. Do you have the cake? <laughs> okay, then you can come over. <laughs> yeah, and the frost. You brought the cake, right? <laughs> the frosting is white chocolate as well. So, okay. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really heavy and it's really good. <laughs> Me, yeah, I, I mean,. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to take every single thing and just make it super healthy mm-hmm. because that in itself is unnatural for us. You know, mm-hmm. look at maple syrup. You know, um, there's certain things out there that are just we have a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we enjoy sweets. We mm-hmm. just need to s- slow back on them <laughs> and maybe have the cake. Have um, one slice of it though, <laughs> yeah. and then maybe surround it though with other items, and so you don't need mm-hmm. to have all cakes. You know, maybe surround it with other health mm-hmm. options, some fruits and stuff. And yeah, I, I guess I kind of look at it as 
a treat that we have once a year. Yeah, and there you go. That's perfect. I, I'm not making this cake every weekend. <laughs> After people hear this podcast, so you're <laughs> getting requests. <laughs> Contact me for the recipe. No. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't normally make things. Like the furthest I've ever got with making things is baking cookies. Baking cookies, like the tradi- the Christmas cookies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have Frost to do that month. every year, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do that. And even that, we eat just maybe test run uh, some frosting with some yogurt. or mm-hmm. You can substitute any fat for any fat. Butter for oil, butter for, you know, any fat. We'll substitute for any fat. Some of them have higher smoke points. Some of them have lower smoke points. So you would just have to, everybody has a phone. Everybody has information there. Um, just Google, you know, best options, substitutions for this and this and this. Um, so for people who don't know, because you're mentioning um, unsaturated fat, what yeah. is the difference between, can you explain the difference between saturated and unsaturated fat and why one is c- considered healthier? You don't know. <laughs> well, I can tell you unsaturated fats are like the vegetable oils, the avocado oils, uh, mm-hmm. corn oils, salmon, uh, fish has the good fats. Unsaturated mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. And saturated, moderation. On right. That one. So it's, if you don't know, all that information is, you know, you're only going to grasp so much of that just simplistic unsaturated yes <laughs> so they should take the word un out there <laughs> and put yes behind it <laughs> so like um the like from somebody that doesn't cook so like saturated fats is that like the like non-organic fats kind of like lard lard oh. can be organic lard is from a pig okay um saturated fat is animal or animal fat right is that i don't know the way I had, like, a demonstration to show people was um, we took a straw and we took butter and then we also had an oil. I don't know if it was olive oil or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you put the straw in the butter and that's kind of like your artery. So it's the it? saturated oh, okay. fat can build up in there mm-hmm. or cause build up in your artery. Right. Whereas the unsaturated fat, it slips through. Mm. So that was kind of just a sh- small demonstration that we showed kids actually okay. kind of bring home the difference between the two. But I believe and you, saturated but fat. But when you did it, you remembered all of that. I so did. I bet, the kids, <laughs> I bet the kids remember that too. Yeah. So it, it's it's that the act of them doing that, you know. If you take kids and they go plant tomatoes themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and they assist and they see the tomato grow, they're more likely to eat the tomato. Mm-hmm. activities when you get them involved like that that's that's huge because those kids are going to be us mm-hmm. you know they're going to be us someday and they're going to remember that they're going to remember the straw story and i stuck the straw in mm-hmm. unsaturated yes mm-hmm. right so that's, that's kind of yeah like you said you can only retain so much information but right. you just remember the difference people have the same questions you know and hopefully it helps helps them you know if nothing else I'll give my contact information, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm always willing to help people. And uh, you know, I I don't. Oh, hey, you know, I'll help you out for twenty bucks. No, it's <laughs> it just helped because I actually want to help. You know. Yeah. So I I've been off the reservation 
about 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, initially, I didn't, I was looking for a job to pay rent. So I wasn't, I wanted to be a chef. You know, originally I wanted to be a Spanish translator. Because mm-hmm. I heard they make good money, you know, I'm Mexican descent. That'd be easy, you know, I just mm-hmm. go to school, um, get get the B, <laughs> get mm-hmm. the B in Spanish and, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, start making money. But no, I, 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 so I started school and uh, Spanish was my major and I took a couple of classes and some of those, they give me math equations and things like, everybody trying to sit around me in class. Because um, I see my name and they're trying to sit around me in class. And these math equations, I don't know how to do these in English. Um, it, it was just a super, plus that, that Spanish I teach you is um, the traditional from Spain and you know, mm-hmm. our Spanish is more Americanized or indigenous. We have a lot of indigenous words that are mixed in and they're short, just like English. Oh, are you from Wisconsin? Because we speak a certain, certain mm-hmm. way, certain words that we, you know, um, like slang words. And um, so I was roughing her in school and I applied at the mall, I applied everywhere and nobody called me back. So I went, I called my dad and I said, dad, nobody wants to hire me. I, Applied everywhere. He's like, well, I'll apply everywhere again. So okay. So I went on, applied everywhere again. I wanted to work at GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted. I played yeah. video games. You know, I was young. I mm-hmm. played video games. I was like, be cool to you know work in that environment. Won't feel like work, and maybe I'll get some discounts. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this pizza place called me, and so I I took the interview, went to the interview, and sent on a couple paper clips out there, and he said, um sell me those paper clips. I was like, well, they're already yours. You know, like, <laughs> like, um, so we went through the whole interview process of the sales, you know, mm-hmm. I had some kind of salesman qualifications, but he hired me to work on a cash register. So I wasn't a, I wasn't a cook. I was originally on a cash register. Mm-hmm. And they hired another guy to work in a kitchen, making mm-hmm. the pizzas. The guy making the pizzas, his trainer, his English wasn't so good. So mm-hmm. he spoke mostly Spanish, and I worked in a cash register, so they switched us because the the kid, the other kid they hired didn't speak no Spanish at all. So they switched us out, and then that's when my cooking career started from there. Um, it was easier for me from there to get jobs because I can write down I worked at a pizza place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can go from a starter job to a little bit more of a starter job, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it was more a little bit more pay. Like stepping yeah, stepping stones. I remember I, I, they only hired me for the holidays, so I had to f- try to find a job after that. But the biggest thing for me was I got one free meal per day. Mm-hmm. So I'd save my meal, i cut it in half, and I'd eat it later on at night. You know, I'd eat the rest of my meal. Um, so that was big for me. I was appreciative of that anyway. Um, and then from there, I'd, I gained experience at another little, at a fast food place, and I, they have a grilling competition. Um, and I, I hated being on the grill. I remember think looking at the the schedule and I'd be on the grill, and I, I dreaded that day. I, I I dreaded being on the grill. My first day on the grill, I fell so far behind. Uh, they kicked me off in like five ten minutes. They were kicking me off the grill because I was I was like behind. I was what's going on? Fast food work. Those workers, they deserve medals. All every single one of them. Show up at twelve fifteen, not twelve o'clock. You're I've gonna be sitting it. in line. <laughs> then go back at six o'clock you know it's packed again mm-hmm. um they work hard so 
I dreaded it. Kicked me off. I got a little better at it, a little better at it. And they have a grilling competition every year. And they sign everybody up regardless you want to do it or not. They sign me up. And actually, I, I did pretty well. Uh, I actually did really well. So I won the regionals, won the sectionals. And our restaurant, we don't have a history of winning these things, so it was brand new to them, too. It was just a hidden, real hidden talent that I had. It was really hidden. <laughs> um, <laughs> but from that point, I started to be interested in cooking. So then I, I signed up for culinary school, and I called the culinary school. Do you mind if I shadow some classes? And they said, yeah. And I went there, and I, I signed up. Um, and then I started to YouTube because I was, you know, worked on a flat top, so I started to YouTube uh, hibachi and see all the tricks that they do and the skill sets that they have. I was like, man, someday that's what I want to do. And uh, long story short, a few years later, I got my chance to do it, and I ran with it. So most of my career, that's what I've done is the hibachi, teppanyaki. You go cook you know, in front of people, and you, you perform in front of people. It's hard work. And it's um, you have to get used to doing things in front of people because they're paying good money to be there, not only for the food, but for your entertainment. Mm -hmm. And you not only have to do it just that once, you have to do it again and again and again and again that same night and then come back the next day and do it on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday. You know, um, and on a weekend, you don't even have time to think. You just go. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. So most of my career, that's what I've done. But the Japanese food... And indigenous food, their respect for the cuisines and, and the, the, that carries over from not only the kitchen or the kitchen table, it carries over into everyday things. You know, you, you start to carry that respect. Um, there's a properness to things and there's a discipline to things. Just like the moderation would be a discipline you'd carry over. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm seeing a lot of parallels with that. So... <clears throat> How do you think that um, your background as Menominee influenced mm -hmm. your your choice? My choice in um, my direction of, of, of my culinary career? Mm -hmm. Well, when, when I first started cooking, it was whomever hired me. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to discover that, you know, I can have a little push now, a, a little weight, you know, because I have an ex experience. Um, then that's when I jumped into the Japanese cuisine and being Menominee, I feel that uh, that some of those cultural values are the same. Mm -hmm. So that made me feel really comfortable um, being in those environments and meetings and not when you work at a Japanese restaurant, they're not all Japanese. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's Japanese food. Mm -hmm. But the way it's prepared, you should mirror traditionally what they did. You should mirror that because you want to keep the respect for that meal. You can create Menominee dishes. You don't have to be Menominee to create those dishes. And you don't have to be Menominee for your body to say, hey, this is healthy. Mm -hmm. But being Menominee, we probably have more knowledge of how to create those dishes. So let's get them out there into the community. Let's, let's help everybody out, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that, that makes us proud as Miami people too. You know, it's our meals were healthy. We were healthy, healthy people. Mm -hmm. you know, we still are, you know, we still have some of those, we hunt and we fish and, 
um, we still carry that every day. Do you have any um, like favorite recipes that are like traditional and healthy, like Menominee traditional and healthy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That the pumpkin. Our next video. That's <laughs> what I want. I want to do it. Get all of us our YouTube channel. I should also mention that we do have what Francisco is referring to as our our last video that we made together was. Um, Plank salmon. Yeah, planks. Sorry. <laughs> plank salmon. Sorry. Maple. Maple plank salmon. Maple plank salmon. <laughs> yep. And, yep. and um, vegetables as well. And that, it's an instructional instructional video that's available on our MITW multimedia YouTube channel. So if, if anyone's interested in um, looking that up, it's pretty easy, but it turned out really well. And I can say from first-hand experience, it tasted amazing. So... I think it's a good starter recipe, um, but also healthy and pretty easy to get the ingredients and and local ingredients as well. So yep, local, indigenous, and if if they're not um, indigenous and you didn't go harvest them, we tried to pick things that were easy to go get from and a Walmart, find, from, yeah. from a, you know our, our save lots or local grocery store, and um, so there's not some kind of rare fungus that you need to go find in, in a mountain somewhere <laughs> and fly in on a helicopter, you know. And um. I think our idea behind the recipe that we picked or Francisco picked and the ones that we are going to be doing in the future um, is to make it easy for someone like Gary, who yes. <laughs> has only baked cookies before, um, to be able to access healthy food and know that they can make it themselves mm-hmm. yeah it, it just adds more to your arsenal because mm-hmm. you cook based on what you know you know mm-hmm. you make mac and cheese because you know how to do it right um it just adds and you're 100 percent correct with the simple and it doesn't simple doesn't mean that it's not as good it, it just right. means the technique is there mm-hmm. a lot of cooking is sim- simple techniques mm-hmm. um some things in culinary school they teach you you're never going to use like a tournée cut Mm-hmm. You're never going to use that, ever. But you, <laughs> they make you learn that, but mm-hmm. you're never going to use it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say never, but you're never going to use it. Um, <laughs> like a regular home cook's probably not going to Even use in a it. restaurant, you're not going to yeah. turn a cut of, you know, <laughs> bunch of vegetables. Nobody wants that. Um, no chef is going to sit there and do that. It's for the photo op. <laughs> yeah, you do one, then. And, um, <laughs> but it's... I want things, when, when we do these videos, when I post these recipes, when I do events and, you know, teaching events, cooking demonstrations, I try to pick things that are simple to do but effective. Mm-hmm. And the best things in life are simple, you know. Mm-hmm. The recipes, if you have good quality ingredients, you don't need to put a bunch of, you know, um, extra in there and a bunch mm-hmm. of, you know, fillers and you don't have to mask everything. Right. Like we had, it was very the sauce, man, that, that sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that sauce really good. is good on everything. Yeah, you could put that on bark and eat it. <laughs> but, and, and again, it, it promotes the maple planks. You know, mm-hmm. how many of us know that those exist here at our, on our own home? Mm-hmm. And the, the maple is from a tree from our homeland here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, grown somewhere where there's chemicals and, and things of that nature. Um, 
So it promotes that. It, it promotes other you know businesses that sell them local here. The 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 squash I, I grew you know at home we we have our own garden and stuff, but we always nothing is one hundred percent organic but we always try our best to make sure that that it's real close to that you know mm-hmm. um kind of going off of your garden mm-hmm. um dafs also offers the community help with that correct yes our, our mommy food and and agriculture program daf s daf s okay. i used to spell it <laughs> i didn't know what to say <laughs> I used to spell it D-A-F-A-S when I first started working there. Oh. I would give that information to people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then one day, we're all sitting in the office. I said, well, what is the other A for? And they're like, there is no other A. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to call a lot of people back then. Um, <laughs> our department, what we do is food and agriculture. Right now, we're I don't want to say we're in the off season, but we're in a prep season for the busy season, mm-hmm. which is we help people with their home with gardens mm-hmm. we if you have an area and you've never had a garden before we'll come to your house with a truck with tillers with uh depends on your soil we'll fortify your soil if you need um whatever kind of topsoil or we'll fortify that soil mm-hmm. um and we'll do the work if you want to do the work we'll let you run a tiller <laughs> so someday you go buy your own tiller, you'll know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You'll know how to look at soil. Um, and we help people do that. We, we, we teach people how to fish. But we'll also catch you a fish. You know, we'll, we'll do both of those things, especially when you, when you have a disability or, or an elder. Mm-hmm. Not only, we, we also do the raised beds. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're an elder or have a disability, uh, we will come with a raised bed. We'll fill it up with soil. We'll bring the plants over that we uh, started or, or we got from organic farm, and we'll plant them for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only will we plant them, and we'll come back and we'll check on them. Mm-hmm. If if the elder is unable to go out there and weed it, we'll come back and we'll weed the garden for them. Once that plant is produced fruit, um, then also. What's super important is not only from the seed to the fruit, is getting that into your body. Mm-hmm. So that's where the food comes in, the food demonstrations also. Mm-hmm. Hey, crooked neck squash, here's how, here's how I prepare it, or here's a way to prepare it. Mm-hmm. And if you like it, that's perfect. That's something you add to your arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do the full circle of helping the community. Mm-hmm. And it's no cost to nobody. That's awesome. So if you want, or if hey, you know, my, my auntie, um, she would like a garden. Okay, mm-hmm. give me the address. I'll put her on the list. And then during garden season in the spring, we'll come till, and then sometimes you got to retail, depending, you know, and and we'll, we'll get people set up for success. The more of these gardens we get out, the more garden beds we get out, the healthier food is going to s- start flowing around this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody likes gardening. Everybody likes to talk about that tomato they grew, that cucumber they grew, and then uh, they start, you know, doing like your salad. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I did this with my cucumber yeah. or, or that with my cucumber. And not only the gardening part of it, but when we show up to some of these elders' homes, they they don't get a lot of visitors, some of them, so they mm-hmm. just enjoy that visitation. 
oh, my cucumber grew, you know, this much, and my plants are just looking beautiful, and mm -hmm. they just enjoy that interaction, that, that visitation. Not only is beneficial to them, it's beneficial for us. And that's that indigenous mindset is that's how you learn things in life. Mm -hmm. It's through our elders mm -hmm. and the youth helps them with some of those physical tasks. Mm -hmm. They have the knowledge and, and you might learn something that's not even about gardening. You know, might learn <laughs> something, you know, about yeah. something else, you know, that they have all that knowledge and the conversations just go, but that's the indigenous. That's how you do it. The other aspect of it that I think about when I think about <coughs> the work that you're doing is the environmental part of it as well, which I think is a very indigenous um, value is to, you know, respect the earth and mm -hmm. and have that relationship. And if we think about modern day food systems, a lot of it is not environmentally friendly, to say the least. So when you're talking about growing your own food, hunting your own food, fishing your own food and harvesting I think there's an environmental aspect of it there as well that's not common in this modern day and age. A lot of mm. modern food is shipped from far away, and there's a lot of um, impact from that. Correct. You are correct. Sometimes people get lost in the um, the sales part of it because mm -hmm. that's some of your job. I need to sell cucumbers. I need to grow as many as I can. I need them big. Mm -hmm. So you get lost in how the you know organically, and you get lost in, in your mindset of I need to grow so many boxes of cucumbers. I need them to be big so they can sell. I'm gonna sell these at you know how many five dollars a piece. Oh, Don't go buy a five dollar cucumber. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's when the, like the chemicals start getting added. Exactly, you start to lose track of what's important here, and you get lost in the salesman idea there. Our stuff, we don't sell. We we do it at the farmer's market. We do set up a stand, and for a short period of time, we had so many plants that we were giving them away for free. We're like, hey, you want a plant? Take it, <laughs> take it, take it, take it. Trying mm -hmm. to give these plants away. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have a big demonstration garden. I forget how big it was. It was like 30 by 50, or it, it, it was pretty big. And this is the first year we've done this program, so we're still kind of learning what people like and what people, you know, what's the most efficient way to help the community. Because mm -hmm. being out there, talking with the community, you learn things that way. You learn what, what, uh, what's common, what people, what's common, what people are saying. You mm -hmm. take that commonness and like, okay, okay, this is what people want. So this is the direction we're going to go in. We have a big demonstration garden, and in our demonstration garden, we have multiple ways so it's cutting the sections of how to plant. Because not everybody has the same type of yard, same type of soil, same type of uh, environment. So we have multiple ways, multiple options. So there's not just one way how to garden, how to plant. Mm -hmm. So we give people that, that variety option. And we're always open. People want to come help us do it. You know, volunteer workers. Um, and when we get produce, we'll send you home with <laughs> with the produce you mm -hmm. know it's we're, we're just we're genuinely trying to help people out mm -hmm. there's there's no hidden agenda there's no you know we're, we're genuinely trying to help people i think there's also a, <clears throat> a misconception that is i guess in the larger 
world that uh, natives weren't farmers or didn't cultivate. You know, we're seen as like hunter-gatherer. And uh, I know I attended a presentation by Dr. Overstreet a couple uh, of years ago. Smart, smart person. There. <laughs> yeah, and he he did an amazing job explaining um, the archaeological sites that mm -hmm. he's found and is studying um, and how much there actually was, like how how much Menominee culture did know about our land and how to how to cultivate um, food. Yeah, um, and we're still relearning what our mm -hmm. ancestors did, and it's they're just so far advanced. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, it's it's super just mind blowing of how intelligent they were. And how did they learn some of this stuff? Like, <laughs> how do you learn that? If you go to the Menominee Historical Museum, they have a little um, garden in the back, mm -hmm. and it's their I forget the name of it. They call it their ancestral garden. It's mm -hmm. it's mirrored image of what they would find out in a in the woods there right. from Overstreet, um, mm -hmm. and they would they would mirror that. So they have a little garden set up mirrored on that. Um, so if you want to go see that, and that's open to the public too. Yeah, I actually the house that I grew up is kind of near one of those sites that he's studying, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's a place that I would actually play when I was a kid out in the woods, and it was cool because i i remember when i was a kid i would see those rows yeah you yep. can actually still see the rows that they were growing crops in so yeah, that's cool I, we're lucky as a I mean, how many people were lucky mm -hmm. yeah so that's um, a good one we are super lucky to be on, on our where our ancestors were and to see those because mm -hmm. those are your ancestors did that mm -hmm. and i bet they're looking down, super proud, seeing one of our youth out there in that area still, mm -hmm. you know, from their garden. Man, that's super neat. That's super important. And just stories like that, you know, are super important. That's the best way to do it is reach to them kids and let them know. Small things, like the straw thing. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Carry that, carry that for the rest of your life. <laughs> I certainly remember it. Uh, I'll I remember it from like now on, too. Five years or something since yeah. I gave gave those kids that lesson so yeah um if anybody needs help with gardening or even like healthy um, suggestions for food how can they uh contact you or the department um the department we have a facebook page Menominee, you have to type in Menominee food and agriculture um and it'll pop up and then on that on our facebook page we have, I, I did different cooking demonstrations. The Veterans Powwow, I did one, and, and there were different groups that I've cooked for. And every time I do one of those, I, I post pictures, but I also post the recipe. Mm -hmm. And then I have somebody sit with me who's not a chef, and we discuss, I, I, I tell them the recipe, and I give them procedures, and they tell me if they're able to do it. Mm -hmm. Or like, hey, you know, nobody's going to understand what that means <laughs> yeah okay so we try to word it and we try to present it so it's doable you know you don't want to get three or four into your recipe and you're like uh like what <laughs> what did i do like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> i'm lost uh, i definitely had those moments <laughs> so it's we we try to genuinely help people and i don't want to you know chef out and, and have this recipe and nobody's going to be able to follow it mm -hmm. most recipes you're going to be able to follow. I'm not saying they're all super complicated or 
Um, so, but yeah, on our, on our Facebook page, we do have recipes that we post from the demonstrations I do. We have different pictures of our pro progress throughout the year of our gardens and, and some of the things we do out in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, that we, so you can reach us through Facebook. My email, my, my personal email is kikohabachi at gmail. Um, K-I-K-K-O hibachi, H-I-B-A-C-H-I at gmail.com. So that's, that'd be a good way to get a hold of me um, or our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can view that demonstration video on YouTube. Well, um, if you want to contact um, Department of Agriculture and Food Systems, their phone number is on the menominee-nsn.gov website. We're also on Facebook as Menominee Agriculture and Food Systems. Yes, correct. It'll pop up. If you just type in uh, food and agriculture, there's so many food and agriculture programs, so you have to type in Menominee. Okay. It'll pop up. All right, well, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. YWANN for listening to the MITW podcast. Follow us on our MITW podcast Facebook page. You can also subscribe to the MITW podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. The MITW podcast can also be found under the community tab on menominee-nsn.gov. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at podcast at mitw.org.